Stay tuned now for Love Talk with Evelyn Davison and her guest, Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. Thank you, John. This is Evelyn, and we are in the studio today. Today is Christian Talk, 1120 The Bridge, and we are excited today uh, to be in Texas and able to do some of the things that's going on here and talk about those things. Uh, sunshine is shining uh, in our studio today because we have a very special guest and uh, we're going to be talking today about uh, God's Word for some promises and principles and a plan for being salty Christians in a salt in a thirsty nation. And God's passion is for connecting with us and at times such as these. And He's a plan maker and a plan keeper, and He has a plan for every life. He alone opens the gates of love and redemption and connects us and places us. And it is really exciting. Our guest today is Dr. Steve Washburn, Washburn, my pastor of First Baptist Church in Fluterville. And um, his wife, Linda, uh, have, they have two grown sons and some little precious grandkids. And he's the author of a new book, Salt, with a study guide and co-author of our book, Praying and Praising Across Texas. And our newest book, Praising and Praying Across America. Welcome, Dr. Steve. We are so glad to have you here. Oh, welcome to you. and Thank you. Well, it's this exciting day because we're kicking off an adventure, an initiative that uh, is going to spread across this nation. And you've been a part of that. And uh, we're just so thrilled that, uh, that you're with us. How are things in the great city of Pflugerville, Texas? Oh, we're going, growing, moving, doing out there. <laughs> moving, doing. I like that. <laughs> we, we are going. Well, you know, the Lord's given you, um, and we call it FBC, uh, Peville, a heavy burden uh, for all the new people that are moving in. And let's talk about um, how, how the Lord just gave you a new vision a few months ago, I guess, with Linda, when your wife was just driving you around to keep you company <laughs> while you were recuperating. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. I had uh, surgery and uh, couldn't couldn't drive for uh, a few weeks so in the evening my wife took me out driving so I wouldn't get cabin fever mm-hmm. and uh, and so one evening we drove past a subdivision and Pflugerville is growing so fast I said you know I don't think I've been in that subdivision yet so I said let's turn in there and see that subdivision and I expected there to be a few blocks of homes well, she turned in, and I was just floored at how many houses were in there, street after street after street. And uh, and God really convicted me as we were driving through there, and He just said, "Steve, shame on you! Ooh. You haven't even you haven't even been out here. Who's who's ministering to these people?" And I, you know, I thought, Lord God, it's not it's not First Baptist Pflugerville. So He He really laid it on my heart. And uh, the passage he took me to is toward the end of Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35 and 36. Jesus is at the, he's in the middle of his Galilean ministry. And he's just going from village to village. And uh, the passage, uh, Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, said Jesus looked out on the people and his heart was broken because they were hurting and helpless. And uh, and so here we have these people in every village that he went to coming out to hear him who were just broken people, just the world beating them up. And uh, and so that's the 10th chapter starts right after that. And Jesus assembles his 12 disciples. It's the first time the disciples are named in the book of Matthew. 
and he pairs them up in teams of two and sends them out just to minister to these people, just to care for them and love them. So we took that as our uh, template, and we've done the same thing at Pflugerville. We've divided Pflugerville up into subdivisions. Do you know how many subdivisions there are in Pflugerville? I have no idea. Sixty-nine. There are 69 subdivisions. We call them villages. There are 69 villages in our Galilee out there, and we take a village a month, and uh, three weeks, and I ask the people to give me one hour a month. So we have some people to come out on the first Sunday, and we give them assignments. We've given a lot of thought to this, and they go out uh, and just walk the street that we give them. And it might take them 30 minutes to walk that street, and they prayer walk. They just mm-hmm. pray over those pray over those homes. The following Sunday, and those people are through for the month. The following Sunday, we have people come out, and we call them distribution teams, and we have uh, a packet. Uh, of cards that describe our ministries in a very uh, appealing way, I think. And they hang those on the doorknobs, and they don't hang them on doors that say no soliciting. But those homes have already been prayed over, and we go out and hang those those uh, cards on all the doors. And, the third, and they're through. That group is through for the month. And the third Sunday, we have the discovery teams who come mm. out. And their role is follow assignments, and they'll have a street, uh, or maybe two if it's if it's short streets, and they go out and knock on the doors and just tell the people, uh, we're representing First Baptist Church. We hung these cards on your door a few weeks ago. If you had a chance to look at them, uh, is there anything we can do to help you? And we talk to them about that, and many of them have needs. And then before we leave, we ask them if we can pray with them. Hmm. And so we just pray with those people. We don't, we're not trying to get them into our church. We're not trying to enlist them. We're just out there, as Jesus instructed, uh, ministering to the hurting and the helpless. And, and we've done that now in many, many subdivisions. And what a blessing it is. It's a blessing to our people. It's a blessing to those people. We're just getting out, as Jesus instructed, and ministering uh, to the hurting and the helpless. You know, that is so important in the time in which we live today because we live just fast train. Mm-hmm. You know, you run from one day to the other. And um, it is the most important thing I think a church can do is to be a missionary church and, and establish a mission. And, you know, things are so different. Uh, how long have you been pastor at First Baptist Fugerville? 26 years. 26 years. Mm-hmm. How has it changed since the day you came? Well, the city has changed enormously. It's it's grown from, I think, the population sign when I got here in 1990 uh, was uh, – 4,400, and I don't know how old that population sign was, but uh, our population sign today is uh, 54,000, so it's grown that much. Uh, You know, the cities of Austin, Pflugerville, Round Rock, and Georgetown used to be very distinct with Mm -hmm. miles of uh, open land between them. Now they're just one long uh, city, and they've merged together. So the city itself has changed enormously. Of course, our church has, has changed uh, to meet the needs of the community. Well, we, we're we in serious trouble today in this nation, Dr. Steve. You know, it is very, very serious. And um, the times we're living are just so um, frantic. People are just yeah. frantic for mm-hmm. answers to the issues of life. How have you seen it change in the years that you've been in ministry in Figueroa? Well, there, you know, I don't know if this is exactly where you're going with this. What I've noticed is there's been a huge cultural shift in the days that I've been at Pflugerville. Uh, The culture itself has dramatically 
changed. The cultures dealing with issues now I didn't even uh, mm-hmm. think about 26 years ago. And, of course, because the culture has shifted so dramatically, then churches also have had to shift in order to meet the needs of the shifting culture. So that's been a real challenge, especially for established churches like ours. New churches, new church starts, which, by the way, all the growth in the kingdom we see happening in these new church starts. And so uh, those of us who are mission-minded are focused more on starting new churches than we are in building up the population of our own churches. So the new church starts are starting right in the center of that new cultural paradigm. And they're able, I think, to effectively meet uh, the, the growing changes of our culture better than our, than our established churches. You know, we're living in a time today when fear just reigns in every, on every corner. Um, America's culture has changed mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And it's very um, heartbreaking mm-hmm. uh, to see that happen and just not know what to do about it. We've been in Austin. We um, let's see. Next week we'll be here forty-eight days, mm, uh, forty-eight years, mm. <laughs> forty-eight years. And when we came, um, we uh, Van was um, promoted to a marketing position for a major corporation in Round Rock, and they only had three or three things in Round Rock. They had a nursing home, a cheese factory, <laughs> the donut place, and a couple of little you know drive-in stores, and and the Walkers, uh, big. All, all, uh, everything store. Yes. And we've seen it change so much from that era all the way to South Austin now mm-hmm. in regard to people. But you know, people are different. A lot of people are different from what they were when we came here 40, 48 years ago. And you know, one of the things that is so important is that we really do be ambassadors for Christ. Mm-hmm. And we call that being what? Salt. salt. <laughs> We're going to talk about salt, Doc Steve, when we come back. It is time for us to hear from a couple of our sponsors. And uh, and uh, we, uh, as we look at salt, we have to stop and think, what is the purpose for salt? Uh, in our book, Praising Praying Cross Texas, I make one little um, promotion for salt. <laughs> and it was that when the pilgrims came to America... They brought the essentials of life, and their leaders had Bibles. The everyday man or woman didn't have a Bible. They were very scarce. And they brought salt, and they brought soda. Salt is preserving. We're going to talk about this. Soda is medicinal mm-hmm. and, you know, and healthy. Mm-hmm. And then they brought seeds and soap so that they could plant and be clean and healthy. And that's a picture, a panorama of our life every day if we look at it. That's what we want to talk about okay. with you when we come back right after this. You know, the world has changed. Getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you connect with your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company and the partner you can rely on to help navigate through ever-evolving digital landscape needs. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at one 
1-888-988-9736 and visit TexasSEO.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find us in the number one position. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Bigger small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard. And New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These Casa friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at Casa at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. Let's return now for more Love Talk with your host, Evelyn Davison. Today she's talking with Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. Thank you, John, and uh, thank you to all those wonderful sponsors that make it possible for us to be here. We are in studio today with Dr. Steve Washburn. Dr. Steve is the author of a new book called Salt, and we are going to talk about salt today. When we talked about how America has changed in the last 50 years, and uh, America is really confused about a lot of things. So I think really the Lord is calling us to report for duty and God's passion for connection during times like these. And so we can talk about sin, first of all, the sin of doing nothing. Here we are in a nation where we are just shut our mouth about some major things that are going on in our world that Jesus himself would address directly if he were here. Mm-hmm. So what is, what is the sin of doing nothing? What does it do for a nation? Well, you know, the, uh, maybe the, the, the thing I think about in Scripture that where it's most graphic is uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan, where this, you know, this man from Samaria was beaten up and he was laying here next to the path, uh, obviously in need of help. And, uh, and and two men walked past him, um, 
and well, the man was beaten up was not Samaritan. But, but but before the Samaritan got there, these two men, uh, the Levite and the priest, their only sin, according to Jesus' parable, was the sin of doing nothing. Yes. And and these were both religious men. Uh, I'm sure they had pressing religious needs they needed to take care of, uh, religious assignments they needed to take care of. But Jesus faulted them because they did nothing. So, you know, uh, here we are in our culture today, and, uh, and, and what we're experiencing here is, is nothing new. There is a Christian or biblical will, uh, worldview, and there's a secular humanistic worldview. And those of us who belong to the Lord are called now to embrace the biblical Christian worldview and to live it. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the world, culture, is embracing the secular humanistic worldview. That divide just seems to be getting uh, deeper and deeper and more broad and more broad uh, so that there's this polarization going on. And, you know, my concern, I think the concern of many others, and I know the concern of the Lord, is is that culture seems to be influencing the church mm-hmm. rather than the church influencing culture. Culture is not afraid to speak up. The church is afraid to speak up. Right. The culture insists on tolerance for sin. Jesus would not stand for that at all. We are not to tolerate sin at all. Sin is what put him on the cross. So we as a church are to speak out against sin, not against sinners, but against sin, mm-hmm. uh, and to be Christ's salt, and to influence culture toward the Lord rather than culture influencing the church away from the Lord. Well, the Scripture uh <clears throat> In Matthew 6, uh, 13 through 18, says, You are the salt of the earth. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about salt. Um, salt can be used uh, in a lot of different ways. But according to what the scriptures say, how can, it be, how can it be made salty? How can the earth, how can the culture be made salty? So let's define salt. What is salt according to God's word? Well, according to God's word, salt preserves uh, and prevents decay. Mm-hmm. So, in uh, in Jesus' day, salt was was very very valuable. It was a, it was a very expensive commodity, mm-hmm. and its purpose was to preserve food, primarily meat, to keep it from uh, decaying. And so, in in when Jesus in his uh, in his Sermon on the Mount, there in Matthew 6, to which you're referring, uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't referring to salt being used to make food tasty, uh, any of the other purposes. The people uh, who were listening to Jesus and the purpose to which he was addressing himself was that of preventing decay. He's saying, my church is to prevent decay. Uh, of course, the Sermon on the Mount being addressed to his disciples, who at that time, they were his church. Mm-hmm. Salt... The chemical sodium never changes. There's nothing, there's nothing that can change salt. But what happens is salt becomes watered down. Uh, sand gets in it. Dirt gets mm-hmm. in it. Other, other things get in it and, and cause it then to lose its saltiness. At that point, you can't go in and pick out the individual grains of salt. You can't pick the sodium out of the sand and the dirt. It's not good anymore for anything to be thrown on the ground and trampled. The same thing you see is happening to the church today. We belong to Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. Nothing's ever going to change that. But we're allowing the influence of culture to, to work its way in 
and to cause us to no longer be effective. And we're right in the middle of what Jesus was addressing there in Matthew chapter 6. You know, our, our culture today is similar to the culture in which Jesus uh, faced every day. It was just by rule and regulation and no freedom to be what God really designed us or molded us to be. He put us together. Mm-hmm. You know, Psalm 1, the psalmist tells us that we are powerfully and wonderfully made. Right. When you look at... Um, at salt, um, uh, it is an influencer as well if yes. it's lived out in the life of a person that is pure like salt. And so I want us to talk about that. Your new book, Salt, uh, is um, it's very biblical. And uh, salt, holiness of God is what salt is, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. What does salt do then? Okay. The holiness of God. Let's talk about that. Well, let's, you know, I think I think where we have to address ourselves here is two things. There's the holiness of God, which I think we as a church have kind of uh, lost our grip on the holiness of God. Uh, we've, we've downplayed him into a tolerant a comfort giver above everything mm-hmm. else. And then there's the sinfulness of man. And we have also downplayed sinfulness. God hates sin. So in between here is the doctrine of repentance. Uh, If we're going to enter into a relationship with God, we have to turn our back on all of our sinfulness and embrace faith in Christ Jesus. Our culture today, our churches today, have kind of uh, uh, brushed aside the doctrine Mm -hmm. of repentance so that now we're allowing people to, to hold on to their sinfulness, to continue to embrace their sinfulness, while they enter into, supposedly enter into a relationship with God. Jesus would not uh, tolerate that. In, in, uh, uh, in Luke 13, 3 and 5, Jesus said, unless you repent, you'll perish. Mm-hmm. So there's this need for all of those who desire a relationship with God to express a desire to turn their back on sin. Well, we can't do that, actually, without the power of the Holy Spirit. But we come before him expressing our desire, our profound, deep, desire to turn our back on everything God calls sin and then turn to pivot uh, and put our faith in Christ Jesus. So that's the only way to bridge this this deep uh, schism, this great uh, divide between the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man. But what's happened is we have we've allowed the doctrine of repentance to decay. Mm-hmm. And because we've allowed the doctrine of repentance to decay, then we're experiencing other decay. Uh, we're experiencing the decay of life. Where we're, we're executing babies in the mother's womb. Uh, mm-hmm. We're experiencing uh, the decay of our families. Uh, where we're allowing uh, versions of marriage uh, to seep into the church that God never ordained. We're, we're uh, allowing the decay of our culture, our very society. We have a culture uh, that God built on the Bible and Christian values, uh, and now we're no longer. Uh, embracing that, and of course, we're experiencing the cave of our, of our culture and our, our country. You know, it is sad to to take that uh, the view of that because it's not just a national view or a local Pflugerville view; it's a worldwide view mm-hmm. that people have come to the point that there's no discipline for holiness, there's no discipline for serving, there's little mm-hmm. discipline for serving others, and. When, when we look at salt, salt, it works 
Sure does. It sure, works. Sure does. And uh, when we when we look at where we are in America today, we need salty Christians. We do. Jesus commands it. Mm-hmm. But Jesus knew before he commanded it that being salty would result in persecution. Uh, in the in the uh, three verses before Jesus told his church to be salt, he explained to them that we're going to be persecuted. Uh, you, you know, as my followers, you're going to be persecuted, but it's okay. I'm being persecuted, and if I'm persecuted, you're going to be persecuted, mm-hmm. and you need to embrace persecution as a banner of belonging to me. And I, I'm sure the disciples are sitting there thinking, Persecuted for what, Lord? Mm-hmm. Being meek, yeah. uh, you know, all, all the Beatitudes. Uh, so they couldn't see in the Beatitudes any reason that they would be persecuted. Then Jesus introduced, well, you're going to be persecuted because I'm commanding you now to be salt. Mm-hmm. If if you be salt, the way I'm instructing you to be salt, you're going to be persecuted. So, yeah. Well, we are truly seeing that uh, across our nation today. And uh, what's really happening is... Uh, is what you called out earlier. It's decay. There's decay in in repentance, as you mentioned, and in marriage because uh, marriage is not holiness anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not you know holy union across many of the states, uh, nation, uh, cities, and states. And then even the media truth. You know, it's very difficult today to turn on the TV and get uh, God's word, sure. truth, mm-hmm. truth, salt. Mm-hmm. And what salt is. And then, of course, uh, in the church with repentance, as you mentioned. We come back, I want us to talk about what does God want us to do about decay. And we already know, it's gotta, we got to be salty. We want to find out what that is right after this. Stay with us for a lot of time. you want on the world of culture, the world of entertainment, the world of finances, information you need for your world. Today's Christian Talk 1120, The Bridge. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor at First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. Day after day, we are constantly hearing about how bad everything is. Isn't it about time to hear about what's right and good? Isn't it time for some good news? If your answers are yes, then you need the Good News Journal. The Good News Journal is published by KTXW's own Evelyn Davidson 
and it's packed with news and information about the good things that are happening. With a healthy dose of hope, happiness, and humor, the Good News Journal is distributed free throughout Central Texas at hundreds of locations, including Walmart, Popeye Chicken, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, churches, and other locations. And did we say the Good News Journal is free? For advertising information or to have an article published, call Good News Journal at 249-6535. The Good News Journal is an inspirational, patriotic journal published bi-monthly to bring you God's good news. The Good News Journal, 249-6535, or read it online at thegoodnewsjournal.net. More Love Talk straight ahead now with your host, Evelyn Davison, and her guest, Dr. Steve Washburn. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio today with one of my favorite friends, and that's Dr. Steve Washburn, who is pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas. And we don't live in Pflugerville, but we drive out there because that's where God is on Sunday, and we want to be there and be a part of that. We've been talking, Dr. Steve, about where we are in America and the state of decay that has come about in our lifetime uh, in a nation that was built upon the very statues of the Word of God. The people that came, as we said, came with the basic essentials, and one of which was, of course, we mentioned the Bible, but none, all of them didn't have a Bible. They were very, very valuable, and just the leaders, uh, but they all had to bring their own salt. Right. And so we want to talk about salt today. So we have a little acrostic for salt. What does that acrostic say? I like this. This is not mine. Yes, it is. <laughs> you inspired it. The acrostic is uh, Savior's assignment is to love others and trust Jesus. S-A-L-T. The Savior's assignment is love others and trust Jesus. And I think that's great. And, of course, uh, the discussion here today is uh, what do we do to love others? And I think uh, the fear of people in the church is that being salty is is uh, is not loving others. It's offensive. It's offensive. I, I've had uh, I've had people tell me uh, in our own church, Pastor, doing what you suggest in your book doesn't feel loving. It feels uh, hateful. Not to embrace everybody. Not to include everybody in God's kingdom, even those even those who are sinful, not including everybody in God's kingdom, feels hateful. So, the idea that uh, that being salty is loving others um, is uh, a doctrine that's difficult for some to accept. Well, you know, it is important that we understand that we're here for a reason. God made us so tells us, you know, long before we were ever born, the Lord breathed life into us. Yes, yes. And life is so precious. And that's one of the things that on Love Talk, we, we hound people regularly about is life. You know, life of the unborn, sure. life of the children that are needy, life of, of people in other countries that, that need help. But you know, when you think about salt, salt, it, sometimes it does irritate. Yes, it does it irritate. Is. Yes, but if it's truth, we don't have to worry about it. If it's truth, God's going to take care of it. Yes. Now, if we go out there and, and get on our own little, you know, uh, parallel with a group that that is objectionable or or difficult, that's a different thing. But we're talking about the truth 
of what salt really is and what God's word is. And so we have to look at individual salt first. I have to look at my life every day, Dr. Steve, and see, what did I not do right today? Mm-hmm. Uh, how important is that individual salty person? See, you know, really seeking to do what it is that Christ has called us to do. Well, you, you, you kind of mentioned this a moment ago when you talked about the sin of doing nothing. Uh, we really have to kind of view ourselves, I think, as being on that uh, road, passing by the injured man. These, these people who are involved in sinful lifestyles are in peril. They're in peril of losing their lives. And we cannot, and Jesus commands that we should not, do nothing. Doing nothing is a sin. We can't just turn our head. We can't just uh, bury our head in the sand uh, and go through life uh, doing nothing because we're not being salt uh, when, we're, when we're doing that way. I think, uh, I think perhaps a good place to start is for each of us as Christ followers to accept individual responsibility. Each of us has a responsibility to become and be salty. So for us to face up to that, it's not something we can uh, delegate to other people. This is not this is not the role of pastors or preachers or uh, or, or more um, uh, committed or flamboyant Christians. This is this is everybody's responsibility. So each of us has to accept that responsibility. If we're going to be salty, we have to get informed. We live in a culture. Uh, that is a fallen culture, and it's decaying culture. And it's decaying more and more every day. And the only way we can kind of assess the situation in which we live and in which we're raising our children and grandchildren uh, is to get informed and stay informed. We do that, of course, in, in uh, normal ways, reading the newspapers, uh, watching uh, television, uh, talking. So we have to stay informed as to what's going on in our culture. I would add right now, that we need to pray about this. This is right into your book uh, that we are to pray and pray every day about the things going on in our culture and pray for our leaders, which is also uh, commanded in Scripture. We can't know how to pray unless we stay informed. I think it's very important, and you've heard me preach this, to become outspoken yes. in our Christianity. It makes us stronger. Uh, I'm not saying be hateful. That's not the case at all. But to be outspoken, just like all those in the New Testament were outspoken, unafraid to let people know we follow Christ. Unafraid, let people know we follow his, his teachings. And then we all have people that we, uh, uh, that we have influence over. Uh, we may not have influence over everyone, but those over whom we do have influence, we should make as, as a positive a Christian impression upon them as possible and take advantage of that uh, impressionable influence we have. And then vote. Praise God, we live in a, we live in a country where we have the privilege to vote. Uh, the people to whom Jesus first gave the instructions to be salty, they lived in a, in a monarchy. Uh, their ability to be salty was limited. Ours is not. We have no limitation on our saltiness. We should vote on local elections, uh, local issues, uh, state issues, uh, uh, national issues, and, uh, and never uh, relegate that to other people. And when we vote, we should remember that Christ is the Lord of the voting booth. Mm-hmm. When we give our lives to Christ, He is. We give up our own. Uh, we give up our own preferences, and we embrace His preferences as our Lord. Uh, we embrace His morals and His moral preferences. So when we go into the voting booth, we vote for those whom we believe will best support and represent His morals 
uh, our our convictions on foreign policy, on walls being built, on economics, those all have to take a back seat to voting for Christ's moral issues. And then I would just add one other. I think I think all of us should at least prayerfully consider running for office. God may say no to us, but he's going to say yes to many of us. Mm-hmm. Running for school board, running for city council, running for state um, representatives, uh, running for national representatives of, of Texas. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to say we have many of our state legislators who are fine, strong mm-hmm. followers of Christ and who write legislation and work hard to get that legislation passed, who are fine, strong followers of Christ. Our governor, our lieutenant governor, uh, great followers of Christ, our attorney general, uh, great followers of Christ, and we should join their number. You know, Steve, Steve, when you think about the responsibility we have, uh, we've got to wake up to the fact that we are planted in this planet for a purpose, Yes, for a time like this. We are, and, you know, this is not, as I have uh, talked with others, this is not a choice between being salty uh, and and being light. To me, mm-hmm. being light is spreading the gospel. Uh, we, we should not let up on that at all. We should be passionate about uh, spreading the gospel. Jesus says, be salt of the earth and be light of the world. Mm-hmm. So we're to be light... And we're also to be salt. This is not an either-or. This is a both-and. We are to spread the gospel. At the same time, we're to be salt uh, in this world. My conviction is if we will do our best to influence our culture and keep it from decaying, we have a much better opportunity to win people to faith in Christ Jesus. I agree with you. And that's what salt is. It's loving others. Yes. Loving others enough to help them, love them, share with them, uh, and pray for them. Yes. Um, you, know, you mentioned our book, Praising and Praying Across America. That was written after the first book, Praying and Praying, uh, Praying and Praising Across Texas. And we took a copy of that book with some help to every legislator. Wonderful. Uh, in the state of Texas at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And the new book, your book, Saw. And the new book, Praising and Praying Across America, we are going to Washington, D.C. Mm. on 911, Monday 911, spend three days there, and going to call on every senator, every representative's chief of staff in the offices. Well, praise God. Yeah, that's, and that's great. And offer them a copy of your book, SOP, which is Savior's Assignment. For loving others and trusting Jesus. Amen. Amen. We're going to do that. And we would ask our audience to pray for us in that regard. It, um, we think that five minutes, we have a little five-minute presentation. We'll get McGinty to help us with that and get it on <laughs> tape so we can train some people. Um, to say that, you know, we are here to bring you blessings and bring you encouragement. And we want you to know that people all across America today and for the next 49 days are going to be praying for you. And the first day that we pray that day is for wisdom, Hmm. for wisdom, Hmm. godly wisdom. Hmm. You know, God used the wise men to to identify Jesus. Sure. 
Yep. So that's what we're going to be. Wise <laughs> wise men pointing to Jesus. You know, if we're salty Christians and we call out, we pray the Lord and we serve the Lord, God's going to hear our cry. And what is he going to do? He's going to heal our land. He's going to heal our land. I, I think that's something that we miss also. If uh, if we're to understand Second Chronicles 7.14 as uh, a formula for revival, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves uh, and pray and uh, turn from wicked ways... I'll, I'll hear them from heaven, I'll forgive their sins, and I'll heal their land. But one of the things, of course, that we we often uh, don't hear in that is, is God is saying, if you'll turn from your wicked ways. Well, that's the language of repentance. And here in our nation, uh, we as a church have failed. We've been asleep at the switch, and we have allowed now more than 56 million babies innocent babies to be executed. Uh, that is an evil that is unparalleled in the history of the planet. Uh, the Holocaust during the Second World War can't compare to, uh, to the, the Holocaust of, of abortion. I'm just not sure that God is willing to turn a deaf ear to our inability to stop abortion uh, unless we somehow, as a church, cause our nation to turn from our wicked ways. Mm-hmm. Only then will God bring revival. Well, that's what it's going to take. The God's people have got to revive. We've got to, we've got to come alive yes. and live out, as we said, what that salt is. Mm-hmm. That's his assignment. Yes. He said, I give unto you a new commandment that you do what? Love, love one, one another. another. Yes. And that means we have to love those people that don't do it right, don't live it right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to love them if they're going to take the life mm-hmm. of, a, of an unborn child and, and minister to them mm-hmm. uh, and let God deal with them. And that can be done in a loving way. It's not harsh mm-hmm. to uh, to point out the uh, the sinfulness of taking a baby's life and at the same time minister to the dear precious women, uh, young mothers often, who have been sucked into this uh, wicked industry of abortion. Minister to them, love on them, care for them. Uh, that's not a hateful thing. That's a loving thing to minister to those women. And it's not a hateful message to point out the sinfulness of homosexuality. Right. Uh, I, I, you know, as I've mentioned in my book, I've had many who have uh, escaped from that uh, painful lifestyle mm-hmm. come to me and just say, Pastor, I escaped that lifestyle by men like you, women like you, who preached truth into my mm-hmm. life, spoke truth into my life. Uh, and they've said, don't don't stop speaking truth into the world of uh, homosexuality and so that those who will can gain escape from it. Well, you know, it's, it, that is a loving approach, and that's what it's going to take, love others, the way yes. the Lord loves yes. us. We're going to take our break. We come back. I want us to talk about, you know, America, what is it that we're going to be to be salty and, and bring others to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus? Jesus said himself, uh, you are ambassadors. You will be ambassadors for me. Mm-hmm. And people of the word, people of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that is important in our nation today as we're looking at some of the, the tragedies that are just, you know, just the last few weeks we've had even an attack against congressmen and, and yes. one that just... When we've got this kind of evil surrounding us, we had better get salty. Mm-hmm. Stay with us, and we'll talk about that with Dr. Steve Washburn right after this. 
You know, the world has changed, and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality, and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder, how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition? Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better Better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith, 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. One last segment of Love Talk with Evelyn Davison coming up right now. Evelyn's guest is Dr. Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in the studio today with Dr. Steve Washburn. Steve is our pastor and uh, pastor of First Baptist Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Pflugerville, Texas started out as a German community with a lot of Swedes plowing the good old earth. And they used a lot of salt. A lot <laughs> sure of salt. They, I'm sure they did. Yeah. And that's what we've been talking about today is, is salt. And and we want to talk about what God's promise for salty Christians is. Um, it's time for us to really wake up in this nation, Stephen. That's why we are going to Washington, D.C. to take praising and praying across America. Praise God. And we'll do it in a way that... Um, we can in the Cannon Building is a ten-story building, and the most of the senator and legislators' offices are there. And um, we'll have one of them sponsor us because security is really tight, as we mentioned earlier. Just last, you know, just recently mm-hmm. we had this congressman that was shot, um, and so we're going to call on them. And that's what being salty is: yes, is to go out there and make people thirsty. And and one of the things that Jesus said is, I give unto you a, a new commandment, is that you love one another. And Jesus had a mission. He had a commission. And that is, that's what we are. Mm-hmm. We, we are ambassadors for Christ to go out there and let people know that he has a plan, and it's a plan for good and not for evil, mm-hmm. that we might have hope and live for him in a way that others can know. So let's talk about that for a few minutes. Uh, in Psalm 91, it says, If you'll hold on to me for dear life, says God, i get you out of any trouble. This is from the message. i give you the best of care if you'll, get only, if you'll only get to know and trust me. Mm-hmm. The best of care mm-hmm. if you get to know me and trust me. Mm-hmm. Call me and I'll answer. I'll be at your side in bad times and good times. I'll rescue you when you throw, when they throw you a party, which I don't understand. I'll give you long life and give you a long drink of salvation. 
We want to talk about a long drink of salvation. Um, when we look at God's plan, um, he, he did it because he wanted us to be uh, whole. We were created as trichotomous beings, trichotomous people. We have a soul, we have a body, and we have um, a spirit. And, and that spiritual relationship between Adam and Eve came into jeopardy when, Adam, when uh, Eve disobeyed mm-hmm. and, and followed her own way. And that's what we are doing today is we have disobeyed God and we're following the wrong way. So let's talk about uh, it's time in America for us to be salty. So let's talk to those out there that are that do not know the value of being salt in a church that needs to wake up and be what it is Christ has encouraged us to be. Well, we, we talked a while ago about the uh, the uh, division or the polarization of the Christian or biblical worldview and the humanistic or secular world worldview. Um, the humanistic or secular worldview likes to think of themselves, I, I think, as Christian. Many of them do. Uh, but their approach to Christianity is to embrace the concept of God, but then reject the Word of God. They allow the Word of God to introduce them to the concept of God, but then they take that concept and they define uh, Him however they want to define Him. And they define Him then, of course, uh, as a tolerant, uh, benevolent, comforting, all-inclusive God. And that is just not the way he presents himself in Scripture. So those of us who embrace Scripture, the biblical or Christian uh, uh, worldview, and, uh, and, and hear God for what he says, uh, those two philosophies, those two approaches kind of, uh, kind of separate themselves. So when we talk about Christ bringing us salvation. It's not just the message of salvation. It's the life of salvation. We are to trust Jesus and follow Jesus uh, for the forgiveness and cleansing of our sins uh, and then the indwelling Holy Spirit. And uh, you're talking about the trichotomy a while ago. You know, there's uh, we trust Jesus who died for our sins. God forgives us of our sins. And then the Holy Spirit moves into us and guides us through the rest of our life. That whole process is salvation. Oftentimes, the church kind of focuses on just that front end, mm-hmm. just just the portion where we cry out to Jesus, trust him, begin following him, and he forgives us. Uh, but then there's the indwelling Holy Spirit who guides us through life so that we live a salty life. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit's always going to live, uh, lead us uh, to, to lead a salty life. We don't put as much focus on that, of course, we're not talking about uh, we're not talking about uh, uh, living uh, a life of perfection, but we're talking mm-hmm. about living a life where we're always growing in our walk with the Lord Jesus, embracing what He calls sin, and dismissing that from our life under the power of the Holy Spirit, embracing what He calls righteousness, and living in righteousness according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. You know, when we look at a church. Uh, and we see how they live that out. Um, I do know that um, First Baptist in Pflugerville has done that very, very well. And, and you mentioned the Sunday afternoon going out there and meeting the people. 
And that's what Jesus said to the disciples, mm-hmm. basically. He said, get out of town. Right. Get out of town. Don't stay here and drive. And uh, he gave us what's called the commission, co-mission. Co means together, and mission is a lifestyle, mm-hmm. a salty lifestyle. And so the mission that Jesus was on when he came is the same mission we're on today. We are to be a, an ambassador for him. We are to be a light for people to find him and salt for people to learn how to live like he lives. Mm-hmm. And so when we look at that, we know we, we have a um, huge audience out there that does not understand that concept. And we want to talk about, as Christians, we're on a commission, but if you do not know the reality of the love and the power of God's redemption, then you have nothing, you have no fuel for your engine. Right, yeah. So let's talk about that, Dr. Steve. Talk, speak to that young person out there or that married couple that uh, have no concept of what salt is, if they are Christians or if they're not Christians. Let's just present that plan. Let me take perhaps uh, an unexpected turn here and uh, and just say this. I would, I would like those who follow Jesus to understand they have the Holy Spirit living in them. Mm-hmm. He is a very prominent presence in their lives to the extent that as... Uh, our listeners follow the life and the leadership of Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit is going to glow Mm -hmm. within them. I've been all over the world. Uh, I've I've encountered Christ followers all over the world. We come from different backgrounds, different cultures, different traditions. We certainly speak different languages. We wear different clothes. We worship in different ways. We sing different songs. But the one thing that's always the same is when I meet those people, they have the same Holy Spirit in them that I have in me. And I see his presence, his beauty, and his sweetness smiling back at me. I I like to describe it as an aura. My brothers and sisters, your brothers and sisters all over the world have this aura of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we're not the only ones who can see that. I believe the lost world can see in us a difference. They can tell by our sweetness, not our harshness. They can tell by the pleasantness of our lives, by the pleasantness of our personality. Uh, They can see Christ in us. Uh, So that, uh, you know, our our message doesn't need to be harsh. doesn't need to be hard. It needs to be sweet. It needs to be delivered with a smile. It needs to be delivered with a loving compassion. And I think they can see that. And I think they can respond to it. Uh, and will respond to it. What about that person that does not have that experience? How would he come to know today God loves him? The the person who doesn't have Christ? Mm-hmm. I think they first have to see it in us. Mm-hmm. I think they have to see it in us. Uh, when they see Christ's love in us, uh, they'll embrace it very quickly. Uh, I think I've told you this story. Linda and I went down to a rally on the steps of the Capitol uh, where we were we were taking a, a stand for for marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, several from the gay community showed up, and they were harsh and brash, and they right. had signs that were offensive. And, uh, and and kind of the leader of that group was not far from us. So my wife went down there and put her arm around him mm-hmm. and said, why are you being so rude? Mm-hmm. Why are you being so hard? And it kind of melted his heart, and he began talking to her like a son would talk 
to his, his mother. And I have photographs of those two with their arms around each other worshiping. It wasn't her message. It was her spirit. Her spirit. Well, I would say to you, if you do not know this spirit, the power that Dr. Steve's talking about, that um, we, we present to you the ABC plan for life. First of all, you acknowledge that you're lost. Yes. You don't have it. Yes. You can't make it. You can't manufacture it. You can't steal it. So you have to acknowledge that you don't have it. And then B is you have to believe that he loves you. That's what it's about is love. He gave his life that you might know him and live for him in a life. In a time when it's hard to do that. But he will give you the powers, Dr. C says. And that C is that you confirm that. You confess that. And begin to confirm it by the way you live. And one of the best ways to do that is to find a good church. And get in God, get involved with God's people, and come to know the reality of His love. Well, we do want to thank you, Doctor Steve, for being with us today. Tell us, give us your website so people can check on you. Uh, it's the initials FBC for First Baptist Church FBCPville <laughs> dot org. I'm sorry for laughing. I know there's too many E sounds in there. No, Pville gets me. Pville. <laughs> uh, and we uh, will be there on Sunday, and what time? I'll be there, too. 9.30, first worship service, 11 o'clock, the second worship service, and we have grow groups going on both those hours also. We would also encourage you, if you'd like a copy of the Good News Journal, uh, go to the HEB locally. They're one of our sponsors. If you want a copy of Dr. Steve's book, Salt, um, go to the website. Uh, go to the NDP website if you wish to have a copy of Praising Praying Across America. And I just pray that this week, and thank you again, Dr. Steve, for being here. I pray this week that you might wake up and realize the value of a life that's salty. Serving the Savior's assignment for trusting God, for loving others and trusting God. Got it wrong. Start over again. uh, The Savior's assignment for loving others and trusting Jesus. Have a good week, and we'll talk with you again next week.